And we're just going to tell him that they didn't have it. You know what I mean? But I'm glad he got it. We're going to talk about uh, the triumphal entry today, but we're going to put a little twist on it. It's going to be about on purpose, for purpose. Who knows that Jesus Christ was on purpose, for a purpose. Amen. We got a couple people that know it. There was no mistake about it. So if you got your Bibles, I need to get right into this today. Uh, let me get going here. Man, you got me shook, Miss Heather. Man, praise God. Y'all give it up for the Taylor family one more time while we get ready for this. Holy Spirit, come. Hallelujah. Matthew 21. On purpose, for a purpose. Hallelujah. I'm just going to go ahead and start reading this for the sake of time. We're going to get right into it. We're talking about the triumphal entry. We're talking about Palm Sunday. Who's excited about that? Amen. So I'm going to go ahead and start reading, guys, and we're going to, we're going to get through this thing today. Because I can't draw it out to next week because it's Easter. Y'all understand, right? <laughs> it says in verse 1 of chapter 21 of Matthew, this is the reading of God's Word. Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. It says, to lose them and bring them to me is what Jesus told his disciples. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. Verse 4. All this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken. We know Isaiah the prophet said, tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey, a coat, the foal of the donkey. Amen. This was prophecy. Verse 6 says, so the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. And they brought the donkey and the colt and laid their clothes on them and set him on them. Amen. Verse 8, and very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road as well. Then the multitude who went before and those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna upon high. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the testimony we just heard, Father God, of the wondrous healing power and grace that we found uh, in a tragic accident, Father God. But we see Jesus Christ woven in it, Father God. As Ms. Heather said, uh, Brother Jason and I may have been the first ones there, but there were many people uh, that were the, the nail-scarred hands that was touching her from, the, from day one all the way till now, Father God. And I thank you for your divine intervention in that. I thank you for the Taylor family. But right now, I want to thank you for the Word of God that super seeds anything that we may do father god and i love you for it and i praise you for it holy ghost have your way in this service in jesus christ's name amen, amen. so we're talking about the triumphal entry that's what we've 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 Learn to call the thing, right? It's Palm Sunday. Uh, as a matter of fact, just to give you a little bit of background so all this will make sense, Jesus had just let, raised Lazarus from the dead. Y'all remember that story, right? Some of y'all remember. Are y'all with me today? Because I will bring the band back up here right now and make y'all stand up for the next 45 minutes. He had just raised Lazarus from the dead. And there was a purpose behind that. See, Jesus was born on purpose, incarnated as a man for a purpose. Amen. He had raised Lazarus from the dead. And the following that came at that, the awe, 
Three and a half years, Jesus has been doing signs, miracles, and wonders at this point. But the awe that Lazarus had been dead for four days, uh, uh, it attracted a following. As a matter of fact, the people that went in that were saying Hosanna were the ones that got the word or was with Jesus when Lazarus was dead. They was amazed at Jesus. Are y'all with me today? Come on now. They were amazed. They were in awe at Jesus. And they started saying when Jesus came in on this donkey for a purpose, they started saying there's the one. He's the one. Of course, we know Passover's right down the road, just a couple days down the road from that as well. So all this is shaping up for the very purpose that God incarnated himself into man and came to earth. This is the very reason. We don't understand it sometimes. But Jesus was on purpose for a purpose. Amen? Who knows he ain't coming in on a donkey next time. Hallelujah. He ain't coming on a donkey next time. Amen. The religious people were getting upset at this point because of the following that Christ had. Amen. The religious people and the, the governments uh, were seeing him as a, an uprising. They, they, they was a, he was a threat to them, right? The same people that hailed Hosanna, King of David, as he came in as the same people who crucified him to the cross. Boy, it can switch just like this. But it was the purpose of Jesus Christ. See, he didn't stay on his donkey. But instead, he fulfilled his purpose. There's some people in the church today that need to get off their donkey. You need to get off your donkey and start fulfilling the purpose that God brought you into the world for. You can clap at that. You can tell how many people are still on their donkey too, can't you? It worked out all right, Pat. Not only Jesus was born on purpose for a purpose, but you were born on purpose for a purpose. I'm here to tell some people today that you were born on purpose for a purpose. There was no mistake in it. Amen. Someone needs to hear it this morning. You think maybe you was a mistake or you was born at the wrong time. You were not. You were born on purpose for a purpose. Let's look and see what the Word of God says about it, church. Turn to Ephesians with me. We're going to get in the Word of God today. And we may be here until the cracker barrel closes. Some of y'all can... Y'all get off your donkey to go to the Cracker Barrel. <laughs> I'm going to get run out of here. Ephesians, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to look at verse 4. Amen. And we're going to start uh, verse 4 and read to verse 10. We're talking about being born with a purpose on purpose right here. In verse 4, oh, chapter 2, verse 4. Let me go back one, sorry. Verse 4 says, but God who is rich in mercy, that's the good news, because of his great love in which he loved us. Say, that's me, church. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, because it's by grace that you've been saved. Amen. And he raised us up together and made us set together in our heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Now watch this. In that the ages to come might show the exceeding riches of his grace and kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. See, there was a purpose plan when he brought Jesus to the cross of Calvary. It was to exalt the name of God in ages to come. Y'all are going to get it, I promise. This is for by grace you've been saved through faith and not of yourself. And it's, not, it's the gift of God and not of works, lest any man shall boast. Now watch this. For we, say that's me. that's me, 
For we, that's me and you, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which he prepared, what? Beforehand that we should walk in them. You were born on purpose for a purpose. Y'all are going to get it today. See, his plan is so much greater than ours. Can I get an amen on that, brother? Come to find out, God don't need help with his plan for your life. Hallelujah. He has a master plan for our life. And he had it before the world ever existed. How's that, preacher? Let me tell you how it is. He's God. He's the beginning and the end at the same time. He's the Alpha and the Omega at the same time. Amen. If he's bottled my tears and he's counted every hair and I got a bunch of hair. Amen. I put him in overtime counting all this hair. <laughs> but if he's counted every hair on your head, don't you know that he knows every moment of your life and he knew it before the foundations of the earth beforehand is what the word says. Can I get some amens on that? All right, we're going to have to get in the word. Some of y'all are wondering. John chapter 20. We're going to be in the word today. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost. I felt the Holy Ghost this morning early. John chapter 20. Let's talk about the resurrected Jesus, right? We're talking about being born on purpose for a purpose. There's some people that's watching online that needs to know you're going through some things in your life, but I'm here to tell you God has a purpose and you're not a mistake. I don't care what the little voices in your head are telling you. God don't make mistakes. Amen. John chapter 20, verse 19 and 21 through 21. This is the resurrected Jesus. This is the reason there was a holy week. This is the reason there was a Palm Sunday. This is the reason there was a crucifixion. But the good news is there's been a resurrection. And this is the reason for it right here for your purpose. And my purpose. Amen. John 20. We're going to read 19, 20, and 21. Let's listen up to what the Word of God says. It says, In the same day at the evening before the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were ascended for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and He said this, Peace be with you. Jesus said peace be with you. Oh, there's some fear in some of y'all's lives right now. Oh, you're shaking. You're, you're, it's not the Jews that scare you anymore. It's your circumstances. It's the economy. It's the war across the pond. It's, it's COVID. It's whatever it is. There's some things going on in our lives that some doctor told us maybe. Uh, that there's an infirmity in my body. And it's got us shaking and scared. And Jesus is still screaming the same message today. He's saying, peace be with you. <sighs> Hallelujah. Man, that's the word of God. That's what changes our circumstances. Not the doctor. Can Jesus work through a doctor? Amen, he can. But it's the word of God that changes us. Hallelujah. He goes on to say, when he had said this, he showed them his hands. He had to prove himself in his side. Then the disciples were glad that they saw Jesus. But watch this. Jesus said to them, again, he had to tell them, peace be with you. How many times does he have to tell us for peace to be with us until we comprehend the fact that peace can actually be with us? Amen. Jesus said, as our Father has sent me, watch this, this is the resurrected Jesus Christ. He said, as the Father has sent me, I send you. You want to know what your purpose is? You don't know why you were born on purpose for a purpose? It's so Jesus can send you. 
See, your purpose that Jesus had for you probably didn't have nothing to do with you. Am I going too fast today? Is, I, I don't think this old hillbilly preacher can preach over most of y'all's heads, but are y'all getting it? You were born on purpose for a purpose. What's that purpose? To be sent by God. Hallelujah. Look what it says right there. Jesus says, peace be with you in verse 21. He says, as the Father has sent me, I send the band leader. As the Father sent me, Jesus said in red letters, I send the Sunday school teacher. I'm sorry, did I read it wrong? Maybe he said, as the Father sent me, I send the pastor for you. That's not at all what he said. He says, the Father sent me, I send you. Say that's me. Now start believing that. Start believing that. He sent you just like he sent me. And I'm just crazy enough to go. That's what he's looking for. We're not looking for a passive Christianity. Remember, we got to take it and take it with violence. Right? We're not talking about AK-47s, but how violent is your prayer life today? Or if my back didn't hurt right now, I'd have jumped. I'm telling you, I would. He said, send me. I never go into a battle expecting to lose. So he's got to equip me. He's got to be the one to equip me. We talked about idols next door today in discipleship class. My money's not going to get the job done. Right? Your economy's not going to get the job done. It's got to be supernatural if I'm going to overcome what the world's throwing at me. If I'm going to be able to defeat the schemes and the wiles of the devil that wants to take my marriage and my children out, that wants to take me out and this church out, if I'm ever going to overcome that, it's got to be through the power of the Holy Ghost of God. Boy, that's better preaching than y'all are clapping. I may forget here in a minute that my back's hurt. Start walking on the top of these pews. There's some people under the sound of my voice, church. You've been been living in fear too long. You forgot the purpose that God gave you. You forgot the purpose that God gave you. He has a predestined plan for your life. Oh, there's a predestined word that you don't want to use as a Pentecost church, right? Let me tell you something. It's God's predestined plan that no man shall perish, whatever that looks like, right? It's God's predestined plan for you to go and make disciples of other people. It's God's predestined plan for your life to be healed in the name of Jesus. It's God's to be the influence in your home. That's predestined right there. Now, what what that looks like in average, ordinary, making decisions is 100% on you and I, brother. But that's the predestiny for your life. That's why he sent you. That's why you were born on purpose, for a purpose. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. You don't believe me? Watch this. Let's turn over to Revelation. You're talking about a plan for your life. I'm going to go ahead and read for the sake of time. Revelation 20 will start at 11. He says, when I saw, this is John the Revelator. He says, then I saw, which is crazy, John talking about he saw. This brother was born in wax. He was boiled in wax, I mean. 
His eyes were punched out. His, they were gouged out, and he was sunk in wax. And he still wouldn't die by the Emperor Nero. But that brother said, when I saw. Y'all are going to get it sooner or later today. He says, then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was found no place for them. He says, then I saw the dead, both great, small, both the dead, small and great, standing before God, and it says, books were opened. Hmm. We know about the Lamb's book of life, right? Lord, I just know my profession of faith. I believe that I'm written in the Lamb's book of life. But why does it say books? Plural, right? It says that he saw the dead small and great standing before God and the books, more than one, were opened. And then another book was opened. And that was the book of life. So what's these other books? We're going to talk about that. I'm glad you asked, Mr. Denny. It said, and books were opened, and then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. <laughs> I got y'all scratching your head a little bit now. Oh, he says, study to show thyself approved, right? When you couple up your studying with the Holy Ghost unction, you'll learn about the books. You'll notice there was an S on the end of that. Oh, come on. I'm here to tell some people today. That when we stand before God, and we're all going to stand before Him, right? When we stand before Jesus, these books, plural, will be opened. And He's going to compare the purpose that you have for your life with the purpose that He had for your life. He's going to look at those books. And I tell you, when I read Scripture, I picture it kind of like, it's not really a, a Blu-ray yet, but it's VHS quality. I used to be on one of them little, like, this age group don't understand. What are they called, honey? The little shh. Viewfinders. You used to have them with the little Mickey Mouse characters or whatever. That's how I used to read the Bible. Now it's kind of a reel-to-reel or maybe VHS. I'm getting to a Blu-ray, though. But when he looks, when we stand before God, I picture it like this. He's going to open those books, and he's going to find my name in the book of life. And at that point, he's going to look over and say, what would you do with what I gave you? There was a purpose in your life, Houston Jared. You can put your own name there. Now don't get me wrong, my good and faithful servant. You're coming to heaven. But what did you do with what I gave you? Did you seek for the purpose of your life? Or did you just go through it coasting? Because if you went through it coasting, he may flip me old half dollar coin and say, there's your rewards. Am I striking a nerve with anybody here today? When I say, yeah, come on, Brother Mike. We got a couple of honest people in here. He's not going to ask me how much money I saved at PG Fellowship. He's going to say, did any of them kids get saved? That's what he's going to say to me. He's not going to ask me if we had a nice campus and multi. And I'm not against all that. Bless God for it. I hope PG Fellowship grows to where we're the biggest, largest church in the world. But at the end of the day, if I'm not living out the purpose that God gave for me and I'm not doing it on purpose, then I'm absolutely in disobedience. I was telling my wife that I, I think that PG Fellowship this summer should come up with a boat ministry. A boat ministry, that's right. Maybe a yacht ministry. Right? 
Like I can do some things in the name of God out on Center Hill Lake this summer, right? I just don't think that's what God wants me to do. <laughs> what are we doing with what God gave us? We're talking about the books, right? Do you know one of the gifts that God gives us is effectiveness? God gives us the gift of effectiveness. He pre-planned, predestined a plan for your life. Gave you the right to make the choices to walk that plan out. So for all you people that think that I'm preaching predestined, I'm not. And then he said, how effective you are is the gift I'm going to give you. And when you pursue your effectiveness, he says, if I can trust you with little, I will give you. Man, I want to stand before Jesus. And I was like, boy, you gave me a lot. You gave me a lot. You gave me a church that was struggling. You allowed me to go through addiction. Man, why do I have to go through addiction, Lord? You put a lot on me. I don't know if God put it on me, but he sure was there with me through it. Amen. Then I overcame that. Then you called me to be a husband and a father. Man, that's a lot. That's a lot for someone coming out of addiction. Right? But you were with me through that too. Then I realized I could actually trust you with, with, with my sobriety and I can trust you with my marriage and I can trust you that you're going to put the unction into me to raise my children. And all of a sudden I realized that all these things was already written down in your book. So you kept giving me more. And you gave me a church, man. And you gave me, you gave me a ministry like Teen Challenge. Oh, hallelujah for Teen Challenge. Praise God for the ministry of reconciliation. Amen. And sometimes it gets heavy. Right? Does anyone ever get heavy? Does anyone in the, under the sound of my voice or watching today, do you ever feel like there's just too much? If the kids wasn't enough, now i got to coach their tickball. Now I just got real heavy. My point is it was already written down in the books. It was already written down in the books. It's up to me to confirm the ink that's already been put on the paper. So what does my prayer life look like? What does my effectiveness look like? Am I praying God help me to be more effective for the kingdom of God? Is that my prayer life? Is that your prayer life? We have a tendency, Miss Lindsay, sometimes to say, why me? Can we not just say, why not me? Why not me, Lord? If it means confirming the ink in the books, if it means bringing you glory, Father God, and you praying that prayer, then let me go through it one more time in Jesus' name. We're not praying that prayer. The gift of effectiveness we can use for building ourselves. How many of us have done that other than me? We'll talk about me. Huh? Number one car salesman. I was that guy. I could sell ice to an Eskimo is what my manager told me. He said, brother, I ain't never seen nothing like it. But what that was was a gifting to be able to relate to people. For people to be able to feel like they could trust me. And I was using it for my own. That wasn't written in the book. 
We can use our gifts of effectiveness for building the kingdom of God. Instead of building ourselves, I just talked about that, right? But here's the third part of that. We can neglect that gift all the way. We can, we can neglect the gift of effectiveness that God gave us. And we can stay mediocre. You know what mediocre is? Lukewarm. The definition of lukewarm is mediocre at best. Right? We can neglect it. So is our prayer life. Lord, show me my giftings. I don't, you know, if, you're, if you've been called to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, bless your heart. I tell you what, it'd be a lot more easier if I could just be an usher. Not taken away from my ushers. It'd be a lot more easier if I could just be an outreach only, right? But I messed around and prayed that prayer. Lord, where would you have me? In order to write the books. We're talking about the books. Because we're going to stand before him, right? And when we stand before him, what's going to happen? He's going to open that book up. He's going to compare it to my life. And then either ashes are going to start coming because all of my works will be burned up. The judgment of the books that he predestined for me. The purpose that he gave for me. Or he's going to reward me with the crowns. The jewels, right? You know, the scripture says, Lord, didn't we do this and didn't we do that? And he says, I never knew you. Just because we put a hashtag in Jesus' name beside it, we think we're doing the will of God. We're climbing mountains God never ordained for our life. And we're doing it in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to stand in ashes. I don't even want like a cigarette ash or whatever it is like on the bottom of my, my shoe. I want everything I do to be pleasing to the Lord. And that means i got to sacrifice some of my own will. Am I making sense to you, church? We're talking about being born on purpose for a purpose. Not being born on purpose for my own agenda. Amen. Jesus didn't have his own agenda. We see the human side of him. We're going to wrap it up in just a minute. But we've seen the human side of him in the garden, right? Those that were with him in the beginning just dropped their nets and took off running after him. We're going to have a Pentecost movement here in a second. With a tam- Every time you hear a tambourine or a rattlesnake, you know you. Now I got y'all's attention, don't I? I bet y'all start amening now. That really wasn't a tambourine. That was the lock on the rattlesnake box. Amen? The glory. <laughs> glory all of a sudden, boy. <laughs> Hallelujah. How effective are we, church? That's, that's, that's my thing today. Jesus was born on purpose for a purpose. And he was effective, right? Do you know when they brought him in on the donkey and they put the palm trees down and they were praising him? 24 hours later, he was kicking over their trays in the, in the temple. And he was whipping them with a, with a whip. 24 hours. In 24 hours, he'd done that. Wouldn't it have been easy just to stay on his donkey? And go in there and just get all the praise in the world. And then maybe at the last minute, go to the cross. Everything happened for a reason. He was preparing for the Passover. He was about the Father's business. He knew the purpose that God had laid upon his life. And he was there to fulfill it, the will of the Father. There's people under the sound of my voice have no idea what your purpose is. More or less how to fulfill it. 
Someone hit the tambourine again. What's our prayer life look like? There's no shame in that. If you don't know, you just don't know. The Apostle Paul said, I'd have you not be ignorant pertaining to spiritual gifts. That word ignorant just means unknown, don't know. I was ignorant before I knew. Amen? We got to be effective because we can plow the ground and absolutely have no fruit bearing out of it. As a matter of fact, the, the Holy Ghost just brought this to my remembrance. I've said this before. The only difference in a garden and a grave is what you plant in it. How effective are you? The only difference in the garden and the grave is what you plant in it. You guys want to come up, Jeff? Who knows that this band's gifted? Right? Who knows they get paid nothing for doing it? They're doing it for the glory of God. Right? Come on! God doesn't want us to have personal gain first over our unique gifts. That's a byproduct. God don't want you to be without. He said, I've come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Right? So it's not that God wants you to be like, somehow, somewhere, the church decided that humility meant you had to be broke. You don't, God, it's not God's desire for you to be broke. But that needs to be a byproduct of the purpose that you were born for. And he'll, and he'll say, I'll take care of your every need. They don't use their unique gift to bring them glory. They do it to bring the Father glory. God didn't give us the gift to neglect it, neither. I said that a second ago, whenever you're ready. He wants you to use that gift. Whatever you're good at, your witty ideas. You know, Miss April came into the church, and, and Jackie, and then April come. Miss, I'm talking about our, she's now our outreach leader. And she said, every time I walk into the church, I hear the Holy Spirit saying, you got to serve here. What's the Holy Spirit saying to y'all? He wants you to be effective, Jeremiah. He wants me to be more effective. The gifts that God gives us is to build the kingdom. You were born on purpose for a purpose. I don't care what your daddy done to you. Go ahead and get this out of the way, Jeremiah. I don't care what your dad done to you. I understand some things can happen to people and it hurt. Maybe your dad wasn't there, your mom wasn't there, maybe you were abused, I don't know, but you still have a purpose. And you don't want to let the enemy rob you out of that purpose because of regret, shame, or guilt. You think Jesus fulfilled his purpose? He was going to the cross that day, man. Or that week, I'm sorry. And we see him in the garden and he says, God, if there's any way, if there's any way, God, can you take this cup from me? And he says, but nevertheless, let me fulfill the purpose that you brought me on here for. That's what that sounds like. I know the doctors ain't saying good things about my kidneys. 
I know it's peaceful here. <laughs> I know I've had some bad reports about a few things in my life. I know sometimes I'm losing sleep over some issues that's going on in my life. But you know what, Lord? Nevertheless, I'm going to press on, Father, for I know I have a purpose because your word says it. I know, I know the way I feel right now. But I don't live off my feelings and emotions, but only the Word of God. So I'm just going to press on, Lord. I know there's pressure. I wish I could mend that relationship with that loved one, Father. But I'm not going to allow it to rob the purpose that you've given me. Jesus had a purpose. And no devil in hell was going to steal it from him. I want to tell some people in the church today that you have purpose. You have purpose. You were born one minute, one second, too early or too late. He said, I stitched you in your mother's womb. You were uniquely and perfectly made. And he said, I did it before there ever was even time. I knew you before there was even existence. He don't make mistakes. By a show of hands. Ah. By a show of hands. Do you believe God has purpose for your life? All over the house. Amen. Now by a show of hands, can I ask you this question? Have you lost sight of that purpose a little bit? Have you lost sight of it a little bit? We'll give that just a second. Have you forgotten what it is because we got busy with things? Come on, keep your hands up for a minute. You see them, Lord. Now I ask the Holy Spirit to come visit them right here on this altar. You guys that raised your hands. If you want some special prayer, me and my wife will pray on you or my, my leadership team. But right now, I want you to be reminded of the purpose that God has for your life. And He can do it right here on the Holy Ghost without me. In Jesus' name, please come to the altar.
Dismiss. Promise you the cracker barrel's open. Anyone under the sound of my voice, y'all know I don't play pity pat with this stuff. If you're not 100% sure, I mean 100% sure that if you died today, you wouldn't see that beautiful place that Miss Heather was talking about earlier. If you're not 100% sure of that, just real quick, I want you to raise your hand. If you haven't made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I'm not talking about a Savior. Because there's a difference in a Savior and a Lord. I'm not talking about Jesus being your homeboy. I'm talking about Him being the master, you being the slave. If you haven't done that, can you raise your hand real quick? (laughs) Hallelujah. 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 Anybody else, real quick? Anybody else? We're going to talk after church, okay? Amen. Just everyone say this prayer with me right quick. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you. Broken. Help me, Lord. In need of a Savior. In need of a Master. And in need of a Lord. I love you, Lord. I ask that you forgive me. Come into my heart as I make you my Lord. I confess Jesus Christ as Lord. And I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. And he sits on the right side of the Father now. Interceding for me. The blood was for me. 
I was born on purpose. I was born on purpose. For a purpose. For a purpose. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.